Quest of Bliss, a podcast about finding light in the darkness. This episode was produced by Cappy Productions. Today's episode is brought to you by the musical stylings of After Dark. They have fantastic music. It always reminds me of pop music from the 90s in the best way. It's so comforting and wonderful. And I happen to know the artists. And they have been very supportive and are sponsoring today's show. And I couldn't appreciate them more. So go to Spotify, look up After Dark. It'll be the one that has the song Colors and Breakaway. And oh my goodness, they're just so fantastic. I'm so excited for you to hear them. So big thank you to After Dark. And here we go. Hello, and welcome back to the Conquest of Bliss. I am here with Tim Bysegel. How are you today, Tim? I'm doing good, Kara. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to have you. So a little bit about Tim. He's fantastic. I was on his show and we connected and I was like, you have to be on my show. So (laughs) um, Tim is especially interested in pop culture, so um, were you always interested in pop culture? I guess is the first question. We're just going to jump right off. No, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> yes and no. I mean, okay, so growing up, I was always drawn to, uh, you know, like Marvel Comics and Thundercats, man. I was a huge Thundercats <laughs> fan. I forgot about uh, them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Huge Thundercats fan, which is kind of trippy because on, on one of my shows, I just got to inter- I just got to interview Larry Kenny, the voice of Lionel from Thundercats. And the whole time I'm like 12 years old giggling. Just, <laughs> oh my God, it's Lionel. Um, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I'm a huge, I, I'm very big into music and music history and, you know, and how, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, so the answer is yes, but, <laughs> but no, you know, because there's that whole point in time in my teenage life where it was just like, there was other things that I was more interested in and, you know, she, I ended up marrying her, uh, oh. you know? <laughs> and so there, there's things like that, you know, there's, there's all these different things that at, at certain points in your, in your life kind of distract you from, from other things, but pop culture has always kind of been there, you know, even, even the, the really bad reality TV shows that are like <laughs> train wrecks and car crashes that you can't quite pull your eyes away from every once in a while. I, I find myself getting just, you know, sucked into one of those because it's like, <laughs> Oh, I got to, you know, I got to see what everybody's talking about. You know, there's the fear of being left out, you know, <laughs> that's, uh, that's awesome. And so if anyone wondering, <clears throat> sorry, if anyone listening is wondering why we're talking about pop culture, it's because Tim and I have a lot in common and this is not one of those things. And so it's a really cool um, conversation for me to talk about how your well-being can be influenced by pop culture. Because I mean, besides the Beatles, I kind of, and I mean, maybe Harry Potter, but even then that's sort of like tangentially. Um, I've never really been into pop culture as much. And I've always kind of been one of those left behind, you know, sure. people are like, let's talk about what happened on Game of Thrones. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go crochet. Um, or or we don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, before, you know, like, I guess my question, my first question would be, you know, obviously there is a draw to pop culture beyond just classic escapism. Um, what would you say sort of draws you to these fantastical worlds with with all the bright colors? And like, what sort of originally drew you to that? And what keeps you drawn to that? Well, originally it was the escapism, let's be honest. It, especially because when it came to Star Wars, it was something so fantastical that wasn't, you know, what my current... Uh, life was. It wasn't what the current landscape around me was. So it, it was something that I could I could go and watch and, and feel like I was a part of 
you know, that was separate from what life was around me. Um, and, but as I got older, found that there were other things that drew me to the, you know, there was story arcs, there was character redemptions, and there was all these different things that I, I was starting to pay attention to some of the deeper things. Now, not to say that I do deep dives in lore mm-hmm. and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I like listening to people who do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a couple podcasters that I follow who are, are just awesome. And I'm always amazed by what they do. And I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, I noticed that. I never do. Oh, that is really cool. You know, and I'm and mm-hmm. I get really into what they're doing. And I get a lot of joy from listening to them doing, but I'm not okay, I'm lazy. I don't want to do the deep dive. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like enjoying my pop culture, but I don't want to have to do the deep. There's other people who will do it for me. So I guess I let kind of let them do it. But I do like coming back for those those story arcs and how the how these stories get built and you start seeing comparisons, especially like okay, let's take Star Wars for a moment. Okay, um, there's the comparisons between uh, even though they got so much flack, the prequels trilogy. Then there's the original trilogy. Then there's the sequel trilogy. There's comparisons to each one of those trilogy series that make them the, the prequel and the sequel that make them like the originals. You know, there's the arc of the, you know, of the protagonist and there's, you know, the, the bad, the bad guy and, and how the redemption of somebody, you know, like Kylo Ren's redemption is similar to Darth Vader's redemption. You know, there's, there's all these different things where you can look at it and you go, Oh, okay. There's, there's development in these stories. And then there are certain things that I get drawn to just because I think they're cool. <laughs> um, I'm very much uh, a fan of lightsabers, and I can't wait to own my own actual working lightsaber someday in the future and be like, you know, carving up turkeys and stuff at dinner time with them. Sounds um, so dangerous. I know, right? I, I guarantee you the first day with a lightsaber, I lose at least one finger. It's, it's, it's absolutely going to happen. Um, but, you know, I, I also started looking at actual individual characters, mm-hmm. you know, my my all time favorite character is Han Solo. Okay, yeah. Um, and I liked Han Solo because he wasn't the hero of the story, but he kind of had to become one of the heroes. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't want to be a hero. That was never his his leaning. It's never what he wanted to do. Um, you know, and I'm not saying that I'm a hero in life by any means, but there are things in my life that I look at Han Solo and go, "Well, if Han can do that, I can do this." You know, because. Because there are things that I've had to do in my life where I'm like, okay, well, I guess I can do that, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, so so for me, it's it's a combination of all those things. What things that keep me coming back, in particular, to something like Star Wars. That's actually really cool because it's a bit of the whole like obviously art imitates life. We know that, but it's a bit of the life imitates art, and mm-hmm. that cycle of of we like it's it's almost like we create. Not not the art itself, but we create reality through creating these sort of side quests, you know, these mm-hmm. these these adventures that we go on that someone's created for us, and then we take these lessons from them and move them into real life. Um, so have you seen a lot of, uh, other than if Han Solo can I do what I can do it, have you seen many parallels or lessons that, you know, real life just couldn't seem to get to you? And but for whatever reason, the art spoke to you and you know helped you move forward in something. Um, loosely, yes. So we'll stick with with Star Wars for the moment. So there's the redemption so uh, of of Luke Skywalker 
and and uh, Darth Vader at the end of Return of the Jedi when he helps Darth Vader return to the light. Now, so here's a here's a a kid who's uh, basically um, you know for the better lack of a better term abandoned by his father. Now mm-hmm. that his father had really had a chance to get to know him, but you know his father's this evil guy and you know is the destroying worlds and universes and just killing dudes left and right with a big red lightsaber um but in real life uh you know i was the product of divorce my natural father was was seven states or eight states away i had no you know he was and and finding out what he was like you know at the time um and what caused my parents to split you know, kind of made him look a little bit like the bad guy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the end, and I'm not saying that he's been totally redeemed and he's a, he's, you know, on, you know, like the good guy, he's not, he's not getting an Anakin force ghost uh, <laughs> at the end of the, at the end of the story here. But, but it also was one of those things that where I started looking at it and going, okay, you know, I, I need to allow this person an opportunity to come back into my life a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so again, it's the, well, if Luke Skywalker can do it uh, and his, you know, his dad was, was killing people, um, you know, maybe I can do it through this means. It, it's not a perfect metaphor and it's not exactly what inspired me, but I mean, it, it was, it was something that I had honestly had jokingly talked with my wife about, you mm-hmm. know, because uh, my wife also knows that I relate just about everything to Star Wars in life, I'll be <laughs> frankly honest with you. But, you know, I'm able to take that and and look at it in different ways, too. So, Well, and I think that that's really cool because I think one of the things that is probably the biggest challenge with well-being and happiness in general for people is when you're close to the fire, you get burned when you look too close, right? I mean, that's a really weird analogy, but I think you know what I mean. Sure. Where... When you're too close to something, those lessons become like like I'm I'm picturing a fire for some reason, and the lessons become really really hard to see. But if you look over at someone else's fire, I don't know why I'm using fire, but if you look over at someone else's or an allegorical story like that, you are able to see more clearly and mm-hmm. more sort of freshly. And another really cool thing, and this has kind of always been my FOMO when it comes to pop. And I, okay, I'm going to clarify. I say I don't do pop culture. I do some occasionally, but I'm just not up to date on anything ever and stuff. But one of the things, sort of the FOMO that comes for me is that sense of community that comes with right. being invested in pop culture. It's one of the few things that can unify groups that would otherwise just have so much disdain for one another. So are you, av- I mean, I, I kind of already know you are, but I'm going to ask like I don't. Um, are you involved in in much pop culture community type stuff? Yeah, well, yes. Actually, <laughs> I belong to several Star Wars groups, several uh, Marvel fan pages, several DC uh, Universe fan pages. Um, so I run a, a podcast about science fiction. <laughs> I'm starting a podcast about pop culture. And this has allowed me not only to be involved in these groups, you know, but also, I I mean, like next month I'm going to uh, the Detroit, Michigan area and I'll be at the Monroe Pop Fest uh, moderating discussions. Really? Oh, yeah. So I have like five, yeah, like five discussions there that I'll be helping moderate 
which one of them is the <clears throat> cultural impact of Star Wars. Oh. We'll, be talk- we'll be talking about that this topic in, in more depth. So this is actually really nice research for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, so that's one of the things that, that you know, that I've done is that I, it's not just something I watch, but it's something I, I, I get involved in as well, because I like hearing other people's, I like hearing people's stories, which is mm-hmm. part of the reason why I got into podcasting, to be honest with you. And I like hearing people's stories. Now, whether it's about how they're, they've overcome something in their life and working towards health and wellness, or it's it's that, you know, uh, I discovered this piece of lore, you know, about uh, the Marvel Universe or the, the you know, Star Wars or Stargate or, or even Star Trek or, you know, whatever it may be. I, I like hearing those stories. Okay, well, what'd you find? Yeah, let's talk, tell me more about it. And I get excited for what that person found because, you know, now it's something that I get to to invest myself in. Uh, as well. Well, and I mean, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, because you'll probably know better than me. But I would say that in some ways, like when you're at that level of involvement, where you're moderating and really involved in the communities, I mean, pop culture could act as something of a Rorschach test, right? When the way that people talk about, sorry, just one sec. The way that people talk about, uh, you know, particular pieces of pop culture, like my favorite character is, you know, whoever the bad guy is, I don't know, you know, and then they talk about because, you know, this and this and this or whatever. And it can kind of help you to get to know someone on a deeper level when you understand how they're interpreting certain pieces of art that you're familiar with. Absolutely. Uh, You know, there are, I'll be honest with you, there's many people that I have flat out avoided because of their takes on, on different forms of pop culture, because, you know, one of the things that's really been cool uh, in the development over the last, we'll say 10 to 15 years is the amount of female led media. Okay. Okay. And now why that's cool is because representation absolutely does matter. Mm -hmm. And I say that not just because I'm the father of a daughter and I want her to be able to see, and you know, these different superheroes and, and, and protagonists being female so that she has somebody to look up to like I did when I was growing up with Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and Indiana Jones, you know, these these strong male-led characters. It's important for for young women to have these strong female-led characters as well. But what happens a lot of times is that as much as I do love Star Wars, it can also be a very toxic fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that because there are so many sexist and misogynistic views about female-led media when it comes to Star Wars and the the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe, and it's it's disheartening at times. You know, people will, you know, don't get me started on 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 Ray and the whole the, the Skywalker name and use of that. There's a lot of of fanboys out there who really get their pants in a bunch over the fact that Ray was the protagonist of the movies. And I, you know. And Ray's a female? Yeah. She's, okay. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's the she's the female, excuse me. Um, but, you know, so, you know, there's people who really get worked up about that or or Captain Marvel from the MCU and, and you know, being a, a female-led, strong female character. And it's just, I'm like, okay, where's the issue here? You know, when I was growing up, I had Batman, I had Superman, I had the Flash, I had Green Arrow, I had the Green Lantern, I had, you know, all these different characters. I mean, you can go on down the line of all these strong male characters that were written for men. And a lot of the arguments are as well, well, there was this character in there, there's these, these all these female characters. I'm like, yeah, there's female characters that were written for men, men but in women's <laughs> clothing, okay? <laughs> that's all that was, you know, I mean... 
let's let's be honest. No woman is going to go out in a in basically a bikini and knee high boots with some wrist brand bands on uh, to fight crime. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can I tell you a really quick story that I don't know Absolutely. why this reminds me of it? Okay, so my partner and I, last summer, we went to um, this adventure park, Wild Play. And one of the things they have is this 40-foot jump out of a tree. And the reality of the situation, they make it sound really scary, but it's really just, um, it's like a belaying device. So it's very similar Mm -hmm. to a Batman rappelling down a building. And so, I mean, we got really, really scared. I mean, I'm not going to lie. There may have been edibles involved and it may have been a huge mistake, but um, the, yeah. <laughs> but it was really, really scary for a minute. <clears throat> um, and then we finally did it. And I was like, that was so cool. I felt like a superhero. And what I think was so funny was that the conversation immediately after that was we need to come back dressed as Wonder Woman and Batman. Um, oh, that'd be cool, and, yeah. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I just got distracted. <laughs> it no, made me think fine. of that. Um, that's fine. But uh, yeah, I, I agree though, is it's not practical, nor sure. uh, I think one of the mistakes that a lot of men make when writing women is that women think of themselves the way that men think of women. And, and I don't mean all men think of women, you know, only sexually, but primarily, you know, woman is to man as, as like vagina to penis. I, I didn't know how else to say that. Um, I get you. You know, get in you. media especially, right? And so so, so I, I agree. Anyways, what I'm saying is I agree is that like, you know, my womanhood, my, my sexuality is far behind a long list of other things that make me me. Right. You know, um, I don't know how I got on that. I just... <laughs> no, it's fine. I Absolutely fine. You know, and I, th- I think part of the issue though is that when, when, men write for women they're writing them with with male characteristics and but when but the other problem with that is is that when they write a woman with a a strong male characteristic then the fanboys all get upset oh you know well that can't happen exactly it's it's a really kind of a weird catch-22 going on out there you know and there are so many people and then you know, complaining about again. We'll go back to Star Wars for a moment with Ray. Oh, she's not a well-written enough character. You know, she's no, she's a Mary Sue, which in, in means that she's, she's been gifted all these skills and and powers and things, and that she didn't earn them. Oh, it's just, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, man well, earned his powers. I get it. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, you know what? <laughs> the, the the long argument here is, and, and I guarantee you, somebody will make comment on wherever you post this. If they listen to the, this whole interview and they hear what I'm about to say, they will, there will be a remark about this. <laughs> is that if Ray's a Mary Sue, well, then so is Luke Skywalker because Ray actually has more training on screen and in the storylines <laughs> than Luke Skywalker ever had. <laughs> she has more definitive battles with people who are actually Sith and and higher level fighters than Luke Skywalker ever had on screen. And, you know, so it doesn't make Luke Skywalker a bad character. So why does it make Rey a bad character? And that's it, really interesting the way the way that these conversations can really reflect some of the issues that we're seeing, you know, in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so another thing that I notice um, a lot when I kind of observe, I'm a big observer, right, uh, is, is the concept of gatekeeping and how prevalent that is in in pop culture in the pop culture world like it exists everywhere 
But in the pop culture world, it's huge. And I mean, my show doesn't generally focus on the negative, but it's really interesting to me to see, you know, how is that dealt with amongst people who I, I don't actually know if you're a gatekeeper, but for some reason, I'm like 99% sure you're not. I hate um, gatekeeping. <laughs> I thought so. So, you know, the, here's here's the thing. Uh, my stance is fandom is for everyone. Okay. Uh, if, if you like Star Wars, okay, and I'm just going to put this out there. So, Kara, you love Star Wars. Great. Star Wars is awesome. What do you like about Star Wars? And you tell me, well, I like Star Wars because I like the way the color of the lightsabers. <laughs> awesome. You know what? I don't care. That's great. There's something about Star Wars that gets you in there that we have a common ground on. However, there's a whole nother group of, uh, of people out there, and it's not just dudes, uh, but, you know, primarily it's it's dudes who like to use the word bro a lot. Um, <laughs> but they're the ones who are sitting there, well, you know, well, you have to know what this means and you have to know what that means. You got to do this. You, no, you don't have to do any of that. Like what you like in Star Wars, dislike what you dislike in Star Wars or whatever the pop culture item happens to be. You don't have to like or dislike something because there's a whole group of people telling you that's the way it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. You know, there are things about about Marvel that I like that other people don't. There are things about Marvel that I dislike. Same with Star Wars. I have things in Star Wars that I genuinely dislike and that and that to me are, are bad storytelling features and, and things that don't, you know, but it doesn't make me hate the franchise and it doesn't make me dislike you because, you know, for instance, you you happen to like that that thing, you know, like, okay, so for instance, here's one of the things I absolutely hate in Star Wars. Okay. In Star Wars episode two, which Anakin is the, and, which is the the second new one to come out in like the two thousands. Yeah, it was okay. it was the part of the, the Attack of the series. Clones. Exactly. Okay. Gotcha. So Attack of the Clones, which is uh, a lot of people hate that movie. Okay. I actually really enjoy Attack of the Clones. If they could get rid of about a twenty minute section where Padme and Anakin are doing this whole uh, really awful take on Shakespearean love poetry uh it, you know out in the you know in the, the the grassy hills and then there's the this feeding her a pear with the force from across the table and he floats it over to her <laughs> and it's like i love you no i love you no i love you okay cut that 20 minutes out but there are people who like that that mm -hmm. portion of the, the story because it sets it sets up their romance or whatever i'm like yeah they could have just broke it up and i'm like like you since i first saw you you know <laughs> let's, let's go do this thing. And it could have been a lot faster, a lot, you know, but there are people who like that portion of it. I don't. So, but you know what? Okay. So you like that, but I don't care. You have something in star Wars that gets you into the same fandom that I love and has been a part of my life for so long. So let's go forward with that. But there are people who just can't take it. And those are the gatekeepers. You have to like what they like. You have to dislike what they, what they dislike. So, and it's oh, annoying. No, you're fine. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say. So, you know, now that we've gone over all the negative sides, because I think that we've done an impressive job with that. Um, you know how, uh, like, because I know that pop culture has a lot of value for people's well-being and happiness through beyond escapism. So, like, gatekeeping, I think, is one of the biggest barriers that people have to right. enjoying pop culture. Um, for sure. Like, I've only been gatekept once, and it was about the Beatles. And I will never forget it ever in my life. Um, sure. And and so, you know, when people do want to break into these communities, but don't have the 
energy, time, whatever to invest in knowing every song ever written by that band or, you know, knowing every detail. What's Padme's middle name reversed? You know, whatever. Um, you know, what? what's some advice that you could give as someone who's been in that community for so long? What's some advice that you could give to people who are trying to break into that and not be broken down and pushed away by gatekeepers? Well, I, I think it's really important to um, acknowledge that that's always going to be an issue. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, there's always going to be someone who feels the need to put somebody else down. Mm -hmm. and it's not just in pop culture. This is, that's just life in general. Yep. Uh, so unfortunately, it's always going to be an issue. So you have to acknowledge that going in first and foremost. But what we can do is you look at the entirety of the group that you want to join. Mm -hmm. um, like, so on Facebook, when I'm, when I'm looking at joining prospective groups, mm -hmm. uh, if it's an open group where I can scroll down and look, I look at the comments. I look at, you know, what, what kind of conversations are being had, you know, and if it seems like most of the conversations are argumentative, well, I, I leave that group and I go find a different one, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not looking for somebody to tickle my ears and tell me, uh, you know, all the things that I love and reinforce all the things that I love. I love having new perspectives about things. Here's a, for instance. Okay. So when the movie solo came out, I hated okay. it. Despised. And that's the newest one, right? One of the newer ones, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was this, it was the solo movie about Han Solo. Han solo. Yeah. Um, now I have to say this to I, I got to tell you this to tell you that um, Han, again Han Solo is my favorite character. Mm -hmm. Harrison Ford is my all time favorite actor. <laughs> my my middle child's middle name is Harrison. Okay. <laughs> um, there's there, the the love and affinity for Star Wars and Harrison Ford runs deep over here. So when they brought in somebody else to play Han Solo, which of course they should have, because you know, Harrison Ford is is getting up in years, they're trying to play, a, you know, show a younger uh, Han Solo, his origin story, all this kind of stuff. Of course, they had to bring in somebody else. Mm -hmm. But I went into watching that movie with such a haze to it that that I was just like, yeah, it's not going to be, it's not going to be. I left the movie theater pissed, okay, <laughs> because because it was not Harrison Ford. I'm like. Harrison would have never done that. Harrison wouldn't have done that. You know, anyway. <laughs> uh, but I had somebody else on my funny science fiction podcast who sat, we were sitting there talking about the movie solo and they helped me adjust my perspective of the movie. And that's what I love. I love, that's what I love about pop culture and getting into these groups and things is finding someone who can help you adjust your perspective or seeing things and, and Maybe that, maybe their perspective doesn't adjust your perspective, but it can give you a way to appreciate what somebody else likes. Mm -hmm. And so when I when I look at these conversations in these groups, that's what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. I look for people who can who can respect somebody else's opinion and who are willing to help shape and structure somebody else politely and kindly, especially if it's somebody who's giving a hot take on something that um, should never have been taken uh, you know and, and you know how they respond to them and, and and how they they move forward in the conversation if it's if it's a gatekeeping bullying comment you know i'll go to the next i'll go i'll skip a couple you know and see if if that continues or if it was just that one comment you know we all have our moments where we say the one-off thing and mm -hmm. you know i'm willing to give people a one-off but if i see consistency then i'm probably not going to hang out in that group 
I'm going to go find somewhere where there's people who are willing to have an interchange of information, who are willing to share their perspectives and and have their perspective maybe adjusted by somebody else's outlook on things. And that's where it gets really important is you have to find the people who are willing to do that. And sometimes it takes some searching, no matter what form of pop culture you're looking for. Um, but especially with anything with a large fandom, mm-hmm. uh, there's a, a feeling of ownership where even though we didn't write the movies, we didn't fund the movies, we didn't produce or direct or act in the movies, <laughs> we take ownership of them. It's the same thing that happens in sports. It's you know, part of your identity. Exactly. I'm a huge Red Wings fan, and I take it very personally when they don't do very well, which has been a rough couple years for me. Uh, <laughs> My mom's a Canucks fan. You're fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I get, yeah, I get it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, but, you know, so I'm, I go through all these things, and, and, you know, but people take it very personally. I take it very personally about the Red Wings. I take it very personally about Star Wars. But you also have to learn where that, where that line is. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to, especially if you're putting yourself out there as, and I'm not, put, I never put myself out there as an expert, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. I always make sure that people, and I hope your listeners understand that anything I've said today is just my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have to like it. And if, and if you disagree with anything that I've said, that's absolutely fine. And if I'm dead wrong on something, let me know. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to adjust my perspective on things, but you, but you have to come with actual factual information. You know, it's not just, well, you know, that was really cool and you should have saw it differently, you know, (laughs) and that's where the problem comes in with people who want to try and gatekeep others. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds, yeah, like it sounds like you're basically saying to be mindful of the community that you're, that you're entering. Absolutely. And the culture of the community, which totally makes sense. And like one of the cool things about those communities like, because, you know, back to that whole art imitating life, life imitating art, like there's often mm-hmm. so many parallels. And I think that what's really cool for a lot of the people that I've known to be interested in pop culture is the ability, again, to talk about, learn about conceptual, philosophical ideas without getting their hands dirty and, you know, walk away from that, knowing more, having a debate, you know, whether we talk about I know Kylo Ren is a character. I've not, no idea anything about them, but I know he's a you character. Got it. You know, so we talk about Kylo Ren versus Ray. Were they in the same movie? Yep, they were. Nice, nice. Okay, so talk about the merits. You're a virtual of- expert, you're going to be an expert <laughs> by the time we're done here. <laughs> talk about the merits of Kylo Ren versus Ray, and you have this deep conversation. But feelings, like okay, so like you do get personally attached, but feelings don't necessarily get hurt in the same way that they do when you're talking about Sally versus Dave, who are people that I just made up right now, Um, you know, and, and there's real stakes because, you know, you can insult a character that isn't a real person without there being any real world damage. Um, And I'm not saying insult in the sense that like, I just mean you can, you can examine that more closely and with less fear of consequence to Mm -hmm. someone's, you know, person and I think that that's really, really cool. Um, so I guess the next question I have before um, I do, I meant to ask you, you okay with the game? <laughs> I didn't ask you beforehand. You'll just be guessing with, slang. A game, what? A game at the end of the show. Oh, sure. Let's do okay, it. Okay, cool, cool. But first, <laughs> um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the concept of mentorship in these pop culture groups and not so much mentorship like in the traditional sense where you're teaching someone something, but I've seen a lot of these 
groups where there will rise like almost like I want to say thought leaders. It's not quite what I mean, but like you, you meet people mm-hmm. who teach you things in these groups. Yeah. Does that make sense? I feel like you understand yeah. what I'm saying, and I don't need to. No, and that and that further. totally happens in pop culture, and, and even in these these uh, social media groups. Uh, so a good instance of this is on TikTok. Uh, there are a couple people that I follow because mm-hmm. um, we're, we're, you use the term thought leader, and and. I look at them sort of in that way. I've had a couple of them on my shows uh, to talk about Star Wars, to talk about uh, Marvel and, and all these different things because I like their their takes on things. You know, again, these are here's people that have def- definite defined opinions, mm-hmm. but they are, I have yet to see any any of them put somebody down because they disliked what they liked. Mm-hmm. The only time I have seen any of them do a clap back on anybody is when they come and say something utterly misogynistic or racist or, you know, something that's just so sexist that makes your, you go, whoo, oh mm-hmm. boy, some, <laughs> you know, somebody was eating their Wheaties today, you know, it just, and, uh, but, you know, I, I, I don't see that as gatekeeping or anything along those lines. I see that as a, as a mode mode of personal defense like Mm -hmm. you know you cross this this line Mm -hmm. okay so you need people need to know where lines are okay Mm -hmm. and if you are a habitual line stepper uh (laughs) you're gonna you're gonna get clapped back a little bit more often than others but there are people out there who are you know willing to share their thoughts and ideas and you know have some really cool very functional conversations about all these things and they'll have uh agree you know conversations rather where there's a disagreement but they're able to keep their cool and they're able to have a an actual conversation and i've seen it happen and it's a beautiful thing where people can sit there and talk and about different you know you conceptualize it this way and i conceptualize it that way but nobody's getting butthurt about it because <laughs> it's the conversation and there's respect you know that's one of the things where where as a as a society as a whole we're 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 lacking. We there's a lack of respect for the other human being, and when it comes down to that, and that's what's going to flame most of these issues, is a is a lack of respect. You don't respect the other person or their opinion enough to give it merit, and so in doing so, you shut them down. Yeah, and once again, I mean, like it's it's really cool because like. Like once again, that mirrors, you know, the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. If the person is going to have ad hominem ad hominem attacks, you know, they're probably doing that in real life. And I right. guess like what I think is really cool about all of this and why this topic is just so interesting. And I promise I feel like it's related to happiness and well-being, is that it's almost like a sandbox version. You know, um, do you know what a sandbox version is? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's almost like a sandbox version of reality where people get to play and they get to talk, they get to discuss things, but the consequences aren't there and what they learn, they can take out into the real world where there are consequences. Exactly. And hopefully they're learning positive things and not how to bully better or other right. similar things. Well, you know, you mentioned earlier that you that you hope this conversation has something to do with the, you know, <laughs> wellness and, and all that. Here's the thing. Uh, I absolutely believe it does because now, and this is something if, if people have listened to me on funny science fiction, I have said more than once, more than twice that star Wars is like my marriage. Mm 
It's there for me. <laughs> it's there for me in good times and bad, sickness and in health. It's one of those things that I know. It's my, kind of my happy place. Stability. When I'm having, yeah, it's it's one of those things when I'm having a bad day. You know, I'm <laughs> Tim's having a bad uh, mental health day. I guarantee you, some form of Star Wars is going up in the house <laughs> because it's it's something that I don't even have to sit and watch because I've I've, I've well I've watched it so many times uh, that. I know what's going on. I'm like, oh yeah, they're they're gonna this, this scene's happening, and you know, and I'll start kind of smirking because I'm like, oh yeah, Luke's about to do this, or Ray's about to go do that, or you know, and, and those and that brings us a, a sense of calm, mm-hmm. you know. And that's the thing with pop culture when you when you join these fandoms, you know, and not necessarily just Star Wars, but any of the fandoms, whether it's music related, movie related, uh, sport team related, you know, uh, whatever. Shows, it may the be. Office. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was actually going to bring that up in just a second here. Um, <laughs> you know, the thing is, is, when you watch those, they bring a sense of calm. And I, and I read something the other day is that, especially when it comes to people who have uh, anxiety disorders, like <clears throat> me, uh, <laughs> you know, who people who fight with anxiety and things like that and fight with depression, we tend to rewatch the same shows over and over again because we know what's coming. Mm-hmm. There's a sense of calm from being able to predict what's going to happen and knowing what's going to happen and things because our part of what causes us our anxiety is the unknown. Mm-hmm. You know, and so in the height of anxiety, yeah, I bought all all the seasons of The Office for that very reason because I watched that show, that show, and How I Met Your Mother and um, Parks and Rec. I watch those all the time because they bring me calm, just the same way that Star Wars does. And it's funny because The Office is actually one that I missed earlier. Definitely, I've seen, um, and I, I've never connected it to the anxiety before. Um, it's because I have such a short, I, I don't have a short, I don't know, I have issues with attention. But mm-hmm. The Office, I've seen the entire show easily 10 times. Oh, yeah. Easily 10 times. And it's the same kind of thing where it's like, I know what's about to happen. And uh, and so I, I like how near the end of the conversation, I finally relate um, to the. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I am connected to this somehow. Well, well, here's here's a side little kicker for you. So when we when we came home from the hospital with my daughter after her extended hospital stay, uh, I was in the hospital with her. Uh, for 95 of the 97 days. My wife was there for all 97. When we came home, I, I couldn't sleep in the house because I, I I had to sleep with headphones because I got so used to sleeping with headphones because of all the noises in the room of the machines and, you know, the mm-hmm. oxygen and the sensors and, you know, and, and all these other things, okay? So when we came home, I had to have headphones in. So I went, and this is about the same time. There's uh, Netflix only had the office for a couple more months. And one day Voodoo had this like ridiculous deal, all nine seasons of the office for like 25 bucks. Whoa. So I bought them all digitally. I'm like, yep, done. <laughs> I go to sleep at night watching the office. <laughs> I have my, I lay in my, I have my iPad on my bedside table propped up so where I can see it. Uh, with the brightness all the way down, the volumes all the way down to just barely enough so I can hear it. But I watch The Office as I fall asleep because that's the only way I can go to sleep is to watch something that I know where something's going to happen. So otherwise, it keeps my mind engaged and mm-hmm. I'll just keep, I'll just keep going. 
So. You're like, oh, Ryan's being a douche again. Big surprise. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Woof. <laughs> oh, I forgot about. Um, okay. So before we move on to our super fun game that you totally knew about before we started recording. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> We've talked about this several times. <laughs> what, um, can you let people know where to find you? Tell them about how to find your upcoming show, which will probably be out by the time this is released. Yeah. And everything. Absolutely. All right. So uh, the show that you were on is called Focused on Forward. Mm-hmm. And that's a show where we talk about how people have all these different challenges and obstacles in life and, and the way that they overcome them with positivity and how they continue to move forward no matter what life is thrown at them. And <laughs> so Kara was one of our, our rock stars. Uh, and honestly, I, and I'm not saying this just because I'm on your show, uh, absolutely one of my favorite episodes. Uh, oh, because because of the, the the seriously good advice that you gave in that episode. Um, but yeah, but you can find that, of course, on your favorite podcast provider. You can look us up on YouTube. And if you want to connect with us on Twitter, which I think is probably the best way to do it. I have Instagram for it, but I also <laughs> forget that I have Instagram. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, I know it's there. Don't get me wrong. It's there. It totally, I mean, it's there haunting on. you. <laughs> yeah, it's there. More like mocking me, I think. Uh, but uh, Facebook and Instagram are both focused on forward. And then Twitter is at podcast FOF. Okay. Uh, but if you want to reach me for focused on forward, please use Twitter. That's probably the best way. Um, now, my other show is called Funny Science Fiction. Funny Science Fiction is a show where we do interviews. We talk with people all over the the sci-fi, superhero, and fantasy worlds. And I get to be an absolute nerd and geek out uh, uh, through that because we've been talking to some really cool people lately. And uh, like I had mentioned earlier, I just got to talk with uh, Larry Kenny, the voice of Lionel from Thundercats. <laughs> that episode's out. That's awesome. Go check it out. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we did that. and uh, But you can find that at uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at all at, at Funny Sci-Fi. If you type that into the search bar, you will find Funny Science Fiction. Now, for Funny Science Fiction, we have a podcast page and we have a group page where we share memes, all this stuff, which we don't allow gatekeeping because I'm one of the admins and I <laughs> po- absolutely positively despise that. It will not happen in our group. Um, if somebody Fantastic. bullies you, um, yeah, we have 140,000 members right now. And with we do not allow that. If you, if you bully somebody, you gatekeep somebody, we show you the block button. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah. I am not shy about whipping out the band hammer. Uh, that's not a problem at all. But yeah, so more than welcome to check us out there. And then, of course, here's my new show, which we're just starting up. And that is called Pop Culture Addicts, uh, which I we call it that because I love pop culture and I'm a bit of an addict. Um, <laughs> if I was a mouse in a cage where you press the button to get the good drugs, I'd be sitting there doing double dutch on the button all day. And I know that about me. Uh, but we just started that. Uh, you can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at PCA Pod Show. At PCA Pod Show. Uh, our first interview, we're hoping to air it uh, the week of September 6th, somewhere in that week. And I say somewhere because we haven't defined, actually, like said, this is launch day uh, because we're, we're still adjusting a couple things in our, in our lead interview, which happens to be uh, Carol Baskin from Tiger King. No way. Yeah. So that's fantastic. Yeah. We got oh. some really, I got some super 
cool interviews that I'm, I'll tell you about, uh, you know, off recording because of, uh, yeah, fair enough. Just, fair enough. just to make sure that they, if they, you know, don't pan out, they, I got if you. If they don't pan out just in case, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, um, let's just say that nineties music, Tim is very excited about a couple of these. So, okay. Oh, okay. So, so, so definitely go and check out pop culture addicts. It'll probably be up by the time this episode is out. Um, so go check it out. You know, leave a comment, like, share, subscribe, all the fun stuff. Um, and of yes, course, please. this will all be linked. I don't yeah. know. I'm pointing. Oh, no one can see me. <laughs> also, Funny Science Fiction and Pop Culture Addicts also have a, uh, those are video podcasts that we release audio for separately. So any of the, uh, any of the interviews you see uh, in your, at your audio provider, you'll be able to watch the actual interview with the person online. So please go Amazing. like, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff. That's fantastic. Okay, are you ready to play a game? I am ready to fail, optimistically. Well, I've decided that it's going to be New Zealand slang. Um, Oh, goodness sakes. According to (laughs) kaitayaki.co.nz. Okay. And because just to be clear, normally I ask people what they want to guess before the show, but I just had to pick something because I was unprepared. Uh, (laughs) Oh, that's fine. All right, so. I like the surprise, actually. This is all right, let's do it. What is a dairy? A dairy? Mm-hmm. A milk farm. You know, that's what I would guess too, but it's actually a corner store, like a like a oh that makes like sense. a seven okay. eleven or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, or maybe general store. It says selling day to day essentials and okay. dolly lolly bags. <laughs> Whatever a dolly lolly bag. I don't know, but, but okay. yeah, okay. What is scroggin? This one's really hard. I would never guess it in a million years. A scroggin? Scroggin. Um, is that like when you're in the shower and you have that really hard to reach place and you got a brush for it to reach your scroggin? <laughs> it's trail mix. <laughs> it was only slightly off, so not too bad. Okay. Uh, <laughs> And by slightly, I mean completely. Um, okay, this one sounds like it's really insulting or like mean or like like a cuss word almost, but it's not. What does it mean to say that someone is munted? Someone is munted. Um, well, you said since it's not a, a demeaning thing. Well, eh, it's, it's not eh. a cuss word. <laughs> it's not a cuss word. Okay. <laughs> So I, in my mind, I see it going one of two ways. Either it means that you're that uh, like you do really well, so you got promoted, or you're really not so smart and got fired. So it actually means broken or highly intoxicated. That fella is oh, munted. So using that in the future. <laughs> I'm straight munted. That's right. <laughs> All right. What's a we Denny? Got so munted last Friday. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't that sound so fun? Sounds way more fun than you know drunk. Exactly. Although, honestly, I usually use terms like I don't get drunk very often, but when I do, I'll say things like ham skied because I just can't do drunk. It's too boring. <laughs> okay. Munted and ham skied. Gotcha. All right. <laughs> I'm learning so many new things today. I love it. Um, what's a dunny? Let's say it again. Dunny. A dunny? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that's some type of like like vehicle, whether it's an actual vehicle or a trailer or something you attach to a vehicle. It could be argued that a toilet is a vehicle. 
I like where you're thinking, but I don't. Okay, sure. <laughs> it's just not a vehicle for us. <laughs> That's uh, a vehicle for something. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do two more because I always say that. I just pick a random time and only do two more. I don't know why. Okay. Um, oh, this might actually be a different language. Um, Aroha. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't do Well, that. if I'm thinking Spanish, I, I, I automatically think red. So for rojo. But oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's not anything it's, like it's that. It's definitely not Spanish. No. No, no, no not Jays Spanish. Here. No Jays. No. All right. I got nothing on this one. It means love. So what, what's the word again? Aroha. Aroha. Oh, I tried to say it all Spanishy. Aroha. You're welcome. <laughs> Glad I could influence you. Uh, yeah. Okay. Aroha. And then... Um, Jaffa. Is that a, I think that's like a walking stick, isn't it? It's just another fucking Aucklander. (laughs) He always orders a spicy soy chai latte, a total Jaffa. Nice. I think it's sort of like when we call, um, like, uh, oh, what is the word? It's like white Anglos, a wasps and stuff. Like it's kind of an acronym that we use for, for. Okay. Yeah. So that's the game. It was, you know, super, super complicated and really hard. I so. like it actually. <laughs> I have a new, I have two new words. I'm, I'm hamskied and munted. I'm so taking those into real life. That's happening. I love it. See, well, this yeah. is my sandbox, and I'm taking them to the outside of my sandbox <laughs> for real world consequences. This is happening. Yes. Yes, we've learned. Uh- <laughs> you, have, you have affected change, Kara. Is there anything you'd like to add before I say goodbye to the audience? Uh, yeah, just, you know what? Hey, love what you love. Do what do what makes you happy. And, you know, because at the end of the day, that's what's going to affect your mental health the most. Fantastic. And I couldn't agree more. And thank you so much for coming on. This has just been a blast as I expected. Well, thank you for having me. I, I was looking so forward to this. So, yeah, I'm just so glad that you took the time to come on and uh, to my audience. I love you. Bye. Thank you.